Let's get right into our text today. 2 Corinthians 5, we'll be using it throughout the series in different parts. And, and how many loves the word of God? Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ, the new creation has come. How many's experienced that? Amen. I mean, you tried to change, but you couldn't. But man, when you found yourself in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. How many's thankful for the new that Jesus brings in our life? And, and then in Isaiah, it says, behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. But here's what I've found. In order for God to do a new thing in us, we most oftentimes have to do a new thing with him. And that you can't expect to continue in the old and God do something new. That, that we must be willing to move into that new thing that God wants to do in our life. And so as we prepare for this Easter Sunday, we, we have a couple things we want to remind you of that here at Transformation Church, we have a, a couple mottos that we go by. Number one is uh, sit one, serve one. And, and that's why we have two services. Number one, we need the room. But number two, we will always have at least two services because we want everyone in this church, number one, to know God, be finding freedom, and then discover your purpose, and then join our dream team. And you do that through going through our growth track, and Pastor Brad will tell you about that at the end of the service. And we meet tonight at six o'clock for the first session of that, three weeks. And we wanna help you discover your purpose. And so you come and sit in a service and do nothing but receive, and then serve in another service and do nothing but give. And you serve in your passions and the things that you love and help us make an impact in other people's lives. And then we have a 30-30 principle. What is that? We intentionally left 45, 50 minutes in between each service. Why? So that we don't have to rush you out and rush you in, but that we've got coffee and we've got lobbies and the sanctuary's open and music's playing. And we want you to come 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes early and get some coffee and just walk around and meet people. And then stay 20, 30 minutes after church and just walk around and meet people because how many knows relationships are the key to life change? That you meet people that you wouldn't get to meet rushing in and out. So do those things and it's gonna help the church become stronger and we're gonna grow. Matthew, put it like this in Matthew 5. Let's get ready to roll with the message today. You are the world's light. You are, you and I. We are the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. How many knows it's dark out there? Spiritually, it's getting darker and darker. And he said, you're a light on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. That God's saying, you and I, and I wanna talk to you today our church family and our guests that might be here as we prepare for Easter, I wanna just bring a very simple message to get us in the mindset of preparing for what God is wanting to do over this next month. How many will join me and believe that over these next four weeks, you're gonna see many of your family and your friends come to know Jesus, amen? It's just something about Easter and that holiday season that opens their heart. And God is saying, that you're that light, you're that light set on a hill that's gonna glow in a world of darkness and 67% of Escambia County that will not attend church anywhere today. 67%. 
And there's a, a, a whole vast community within our community that's living in darkness. And God's calling us to bring them the light. You see, this is God's strategic plan for you and I to go out and just impact people's lives with simple kinds of, of uh, acts of kindness. And we demonstrate the love of God in simple ways. The world does not need us to tell them they're going to hell. They already know that. How many knew you were going to hell before you met Jesus? You didn't need anybody to tell you, right? I knew where I was going. They don't need us telling them where they're going. They need us to tell them how they can get somewhere else. And that comes through the person of Christ. And so the, every one of us, and I wanna deal with this today, every one of us in this room are influencers. We, we have the ability to influence other people. God has designed us to do that. And we see an illustration of that in the book of Acts. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're preaching. They're performing miracles everywhere. And all of a sudden, this demonic girl starts following them and mocking them and interrupting them and, and is preventing them from ministering. And all of a sudden, Paul just turns around and speaks directly to that evil spirit, not to her, but to the spirit. And he casts that spirit out. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And the spirit did. And the people got angry. And the religious leaders and all, they began to beat Paul and Silas up. They were bleeding and bloody and they threw them into prison. And the Bible said at midnight, in blood and pain and stocks and bonds, they begin to sing praises unto God. They begin to make influence on their sphere of the arena that God had given them. How many would say they're having a bad day? But it's what you do in your bad day and how you react to it that's gonna send the message of the gospel to those that are watching you. And, and, and they're in their bad days singing praises unto God. And the Bible said every prisoner heard them. And all of a sudden, God sends a release and the prison doors bust open and the stocks and chains come loose. And Paul and Silas didn't run away like every other prisoner would. And the jailer who was responsible for them, he began to take, he almost took his life because he knew he would be put to death anyway if they escaped. And Paul and Silas said, no, 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 don't do it. We're still here. We haven't gone anywhere. And he's blown away. Like, why haven't you run away to your freedom? And he said, man, there's something different about you than every other prisoner that's been in here. Isn't that what the people that work with you ought to be saying about us? There's something different about you. And he said, what must I do to know your God? And Paul said, repent. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household. And here's what I want you to get. The word household there in the original writing, it's not what you and I would interpret it by like my house and my family. The word household there in the original means my arena of influence. And what Paul really said to the jailer was, every person that you have influence over is about to be saved. Every person that's under your umbrella of influence, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, there's a salvation that's about to come to every person that's under your influence. And so I wanna share with you three areas of influence that you and I have today, the path of our influence. That's the message I wanna to talk to you about today in preparing us for this great month of Easter the path of our influence. Number one is our inner circle. Jesus had an inner circle of the 12, and you and I have an inner circle. That's the people that they, they say anyone in your inner circle is someone that you spend at least one hour per week with personally. 
And every one of us have that inner circle, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors. God wants you to know and understand that they're in your life on purpose. Those relatives you can't stand, God put them there. Those neighbors you've been praying to move, they're gonna move after you win them to Jesus. He's not moving them until you do your job. That coworker that you wish to God you didn't have to work with every day, they're there on purpose in your life. God put that inner circle in your life on purpose because you're on a path. And he said, I wanna not only win you, but I want you to make influence on your household, your sphere of influence. I want you to make impact in their life. Be that light set on a hill that cannot be hidden and let them know the greatness of Jesus. We all have that inner circle. Mark said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go make impact on your sphere of influence, that inner circle that God has given you. Number two is our community. We first have a severe, our, our, our inner circle that God wants us to make major impact on. And then outside of our inner circle, there's a community of people that you and I associate with. This is the place that you work. Where you live is on purpose. God puts you there. Where you work is on purpose. God puts you there. Where you shop is on purpose. God puts you there. The team your children play ball on is on purpose. God puts you there. The gym that you work out at, God puts you there. He's put you around a community of people that he desires for you to be a light set on a hill that they're in darkness. They're not gonna come to church, so God sent church to them through you. And he's saying, go let your light shine. Go let your light shine that they can see that, that I'm real and that I, I've changed your life. And just like I've changed yours, I want to change theirs too. Amen. We all have this community that God has given us. Look in Acts 17, such a powerful verse. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God has placed you where you are. He established the boundaries of your dwelling. He established everything about your life, where you're gonna live, where you're gonna work, where you're gonna be, the stories. He put everything in place because he needed a light that would shine in darkness and you're that light. And God's saying, I've got a plan for you. I've got a path. I've got a path that I've already aligned for you to walk out in this life. Adam never dreamed on that beginning of that path that he would be standing up here in front of the world via the internet and leading people, thousands of people into worship on every Sunday morning. He never dreamed that that path, and it's gonna get bigger and bigger. He never dreamed that that was gonna be the outcome of that beginning of that journey. And can I tell you, Jesus says exceedingly abundantly greater than you and I could even think or ask. He's got a line for us in this journey, if only we will see our inner circle and our community as the people that God has assigned us to, to bring life and hope into their lives. Number three is our passions. Our passions. I'm a bow hunter. 
They dress me up every now and then, but I love my camo. And I love the woods, and I love a tree, and I love a bow in the hand, and I hang out with bow hunters. That's my passion. I love to fish, so I hang out with people that fish because I love the outdoors. And you know what? You've got passions in your life. Some of you, you work out like machines. God bless you. Some of you like to run. I run when something's chasing me. And if I have my Glock, I remove it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, but we all have passions that we love doing. And God's put that passion in you because he knew there was going to be some unchurched people that had that same passion that he was going to connect you with through your passion. You think you're in that gym with all those people that are living crazy lives and you're like, God, why did you put me here? Well, you're a light set on a hill that cannot be hidden. God's saying, I want you to identify the people that I put in your life. Don't think it's coincidental that they love the same thing you like doing. I put the same passion in them that I put in you so you can reach them. In a church I pastored a guy, he was an atheist, a devout atheist. He was proud to be atheist. He was a big business owner, very wealthy, and he loved to scuba dive. I'd never scuba dived in my life. His wife was one of our main worship leaders, and she, she said, please pray for my husband. I said, what does he like to do? He scuba dives every week. I mean, and I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to scuba dive. So I went and got certified just so I could be with him on his boat. And I got on this boat with him, and he's cussing, and I'm praying. And he's denouncing God, and I'm telling him about God. And I didn't get preachy, and we would get down 130 foot underwater, and I'd snatch his regulator out of his mouth, and I'd have a sign, want to pray now? <laughs> and we built a friendship and a relationship, and he passed away from an aneurysm on the brain, but three months before he passed away, he gave his heart to Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, don't, don't just take your passions as this is just, no, God put that passion in you, but he put other people around you with that same passion so you can be a light to them. Don't ignore that opportunity. So how, how are we supposed to do that? How, how do we impact our, our path of influence? Number one, we do it through our attitude. Your attitude says more than your actions. Did you hear what I said? You see, how we live the gospel is just as important as presenting the gospel. And we've got to come and understand that we can't go out there with a better than us attitude to the world. We can't go out there with a message that you're going to hell. No, we were all going to hell. Had it not been for Jesus and his love and his grace for my life. And, and we come out with an attitude that wants to impact their life. When we realize that the, the impact God is depending on us to have on others, it motivates us to guard our attitude. Look at what the Apostle Paul said about this. Very, very important scripture. It's in Colossians 4, 5, and 6. He said, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And the word outsiders there is the unchurched. Be wise in the way you act toward the unchurched. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer every one. Is that we, we must understand on this path that God has given us that we keep a faithful presence that we're always aware that our attitude has a direct effect on the message that we're trying to present. They don't want to hear you talking about how bad life is and then come to church with me Sunday and Jesus will change your world. 
Well, they ain't done nothing for yours yet. What can he do for mine? Be careful what you put on social media. If you're having a bad day, the world don't have to know about it. Give it to Jesus. Get a friend. That's why we have small groups, but keep it off of social media. They're watching you. They want to know how you live when you're having a bad day, not just how you live when everything's going wonderful. Or attitude. Rather than telling the world that they're going to hell, we need to tell them how to get to heaven. Bring a word of hope, a word of life. And so as we walk out this path and, and we leave this building today and I wanna just prepare you for these next weeks to come, I want you to get out there in front of your family, get out there in front of your community, get out there in your inner circle, get around those that have the same passion as you do and come out with a message of hope with an attitude of life and love and grace and a message that says, look what God has done in my life and what he's done in me, he can do in you. It's an attitude of caring and love and grace. Number two, we have to recognize our season. Our season. The Bible says there's a season for everything. There's a season to laugh. There's a season to cry. There's a season to mourn. There's a season to rejoice. There's a season to receive. There's a season to give. Come on, how many with me on that? And I want to tell you something. We're in a season right now of harvest. Man, God is just amazing what God is doing. And when you stop and acknowledge that there's 7 billion people on this earth, 7 billion people, let me tell you what God does. This is how awesome God is. He did it for you. There's 7 billion people on this earth and God takes you and I and he has another individual and out of 7 billion people, God said, I've got this one person that I'm gonna have interact with you today in Pensacola, Florida, in Pace, Florida, in Milton, Florida, Santa Rosa. I'm gonna have them cross paths with you. They're gonna be behind you in Walmart. They're gonna be across from you at a gas pump. They're gonna be waiting on you at a restaurant. But I've got a divine connection set in place that I want you to be aware. I want you to always be in season, out of season, that you're always ready to give an answer of a question that would be asked of you, that you always see every individual person around you as that individual that God has assigned for you to meet that day, that you don't see them as a stranger. When I was in financial service, every person I could put my eyes on was a potential client. My wife would tell you, I was recruiting everybody, man. I had, because I knew I could help them. And I've, that's the way I live my Christian life. Every person that I can get in touch with is a potential person that I can share the good news of Jesus with. And God's saying, I want you to be in season. I, I want you to have the attitude that's life-giving, but be in season and know that, that I'm gonna assign people in your path. Don't miss them. This week, as we're getting ready for our big Easter egg hunt for children with special needs and, and family with special needs children. And, and we're, man, I mean, it's gonna be huge. So make sure you're here Saturday because we can sure use your help. And, um, and Pastor Brad, I'll talk to you more, but I, I, we're getting flyers out and we're going to schools and, and some doors we hope would be open got shut and, and then more doors open than we imagined. And so I'm texting our school superintendent who's a friend of mine and I'm going, can you please approve these flyers that 
at this one school that's specifically for children with special needs and, and, and I take the flyers to the school and, and I meet the lady behind the desk and she goes, oh, this is amazing. I've never heard of an egg hunt for special needs. And she goes, I think we'll approve it, but it'll have to go through the school board and, and da, 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 you know, I go understand that, but if you can just get it to the principal, please do that for me. Oh, we will. And so I leave, I, I get to my truck and something in my spirit said, go back in to a certain room where we know a teacher and I was gonna ask her to help me get to the principal, to be honest with you. And so I go in and she's not there. And so I go out to the playground, they're not there. So I leave the school a way that I've never gone before in my life and I wind up going out a back door to come around and they're having special Olympics for their special needs with eight schools there. And the school superintendent is there. And the principal is there. And channel three is there. I'm telling you, God's got it lined up. And so I, the teacher sees me, how you doing? Here's what I need. She goes, follow me. She takes me to the principal. And then the school superintendent comes over and he says, you have a flyer? I said, right here. He said, I'll prove it right now. He told the principal, have it put in every backpack of every student before they go home. And they're working on getting us an interview with Channel 3 this week before the, the event ever gets here. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. God's got your back and he's setting you up. And on the way to my truck, there was these three little mothers out there and I stopped to invite them because they weren't where we were talking and I gave them an invite card and, and I began to tell them about it. And when I got through telling, they asked me a lot of questions and I shared the little mom. It happened to be a little black short lady like this. She had a little son with special needs and she literally went down to her knees grabbed me around both of my ankles and began to weep. She looked up at me with a face just matted with tears and she said, thank you for loving my son. I've only had that happen one time in my life and that was in El Salvador. And I was on a mission trip two weeks after the war. We were taking food to children that had swollen stomachs and their hair was different colors from malnutrition and they had maggots crawling in their mouth from abscess and flies laying eggs. And, and I had a mother fall on the ground and grab me around my legs and thank me for bringing food. But I never thought I would see that in America. But I did this week because God's put his thumb on this church. He's put his fingerprint on us to reach a community of people that have been forgotten and, and ignored that are hurting. They hurt. They hurt. They want your child to play ball, but it breaks their heart every time they look on Facebook and they see another child playing and their kid can't do it. They don't want your kid to quit. It just doesn't take away the hurt. And then, and we, God's put his thumb on us. It's a season. And we're enlarging rooms back there right now. We were planning, we were ready for 40 to 50 kids. We're getting ready for 150 kids because we believe God's in it and God's gonna do it. And I'm just telling you right now, that God's assigned you a season on your path and he's assigned people in your life. Don't miss them. Don't miss them. If you do, they miss their opportunity for change and eternity with Jesus. And last of all, and I close, is your story. Our story. 
You know what your unchurched friends want to hear? They don't want to hear what the preacher preached on Sunday. They want to hear what God's done for you. They, they want to know what's he done in your life. And I challenge you, get your story within a three-minute time frame. They don't want a 30-minute sermon. They just want to know what Jesus mean to you. What's he done in your life? And I want to challenge you, get your story ready. Preach to yourself in the mirror. Tell it to yourself a thousand times until you get it down. And get ready to go out there because there's a hurting world that's just waiting for you to stop by and have an attitude of life and, and care and grace and love. And, and, and to be ready to come and bring a message of hope. And know that God's assigned you to people. And then just tell your story. And here's the thing, when you're telling your story, you can't mess it up. When you're trying to give a three-point sermon, that can get confusing. But when you're out there just telling your story, you can't mess it up, but that's what they're looking to hear. They just wanna hear your story. Can I challenge you today, Transformation Church, as we get ready to go into this season of harvest? Can I challenge you that we find our inner circle, that we find our community, that we connect with those that God has given us of like passion, and that we let an attitude of life and hope and love come alive inside of us, and that we get ready for a season of harvest, and that we get determined to go tell our story. And let's make a difference in the lives of the people that God has assigned to us in this path of life. Their eternity depends on mine and your obedience and our willingness to share. Here's my last scripture. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You know what the word reconciliation means right there? That my account balance of debt has been brought to zero. Come on, how many is thankful that before God today, your debt of sin has been brought to zero? Come on, anybody in here that, that there's no expectation of you paying for anything that God's already paid for through his son, Jesus Christ. And you know what he's saying? Now I've given you that ministry. That ministry to go tell the world your story and tell them that God wants to bring their debt to zero. They don't have to pay for the consequences of their sin the rest of their life. Jesus wants to give them a brand new start. In Jesus' name. How many will join me on that path and that journey? Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, I just pray over this congregation right now, and I pray, God, that you light a fire inside of us. I thank you for this body, Lord, that's so caring and giving already. But God, you're challenging us to go to another level. Take it to another level. Take it to another level. God, that we realize today that, that our vocation, that place we work is our mission field. God, you called us, Lord. And God, I pray over this body right now that God, you will stir our hearts. You'll put words in our mouth, the desire in our spirit. Our eyes will see with your eyes and we'll look at every person in our path as that person, God, you've assigned for us that day. And God, we'll not miss that opportunity. So, Father, I pray over this house, God, that you'll let us become that light on a hill that will not be hidden. God, we'll shine bright. Maybe you're in this room right now, and you need Jesus in your life. You're not a bad person. You're just in a bad place spiritually. 
You say, Pastor Dan, today I just need to make a choice. We had five people accept Christ this morning in the nine o'clock service. And maybe you're here right now and you say, I just need Jesus in my life, Pastor. I just need to make a choice and I need a new beginning. I don't want to wait to Easter. I want to start today. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up and you can put it right back down. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you if that's you. Anyone in this building right now say, I need Jesus in my life. I need a new beginning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Anyone else? Maybe you're online. You need Jesus in your life today. We want to pray for you. We want to pray that God will give you a brand new beginning. If you raise your hand or you did not and you need Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, I could come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved right now. I come to you. I confess. I believe. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, will you celebrate with me with these?